Welcome back to Pause the Music Podcast, a podcast by music fans for music fans, hosted by Matt and Jeff Rotter, a father-son music-loving duo. This podcast discusses music new and old. Now sit back, relax, and turn off that music. Hey everybody, welcome back in. We got a new intro. Wow. Oh my god, I love that. I love that intro so much. Uh, note to self, if you want to find something that you need, uh, just go on to Fiverr. Just pay some guy. He's awesome. Just pay some guy. Pay some guy. It was I think it was 20 bucks originally and then I tipped him 10 because like that's that's exactly what I was looking for. And so it was fantastic. So we now have a new intro. So that's, that's a lot of fun to hear. Um, this episode, we're going to have a little bit of fun with it. We got some new music over the past two weeks. Um, big album releases, we'll say. Um, we got yeah, some albums. We doubled up on any this week. I, I bet you we probably did one. One. Yep, yeah. I think so too. Yep, I think so as well. Um, yep. we, got some, we got some albums that we brought for each other. and We have a guest this week again. We're really always happy to have guests on. Because they always bring us different music that we're not normally used to, and we've never listened to. And before. this one did not disappoint, by the way. Oh no! Uh, so the, I have a friend from work, John. We brought him on the podcast this week, John. So why don't you why don't you introduce yourself a little bit here? Uh, hey everybody, my name's John. I'm on the podcast this week. Hi, John. <laughs> hey, John. Lifelong music fan, uh, amateur music discoverer. So we'll see oh, how this goes. Yeah, we're, you're, in, you're in good company. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, John, you have a um, – we'll talk about this later a little bit, but your taste is very eclectic. I could say this. Uh, when I first Thank started you. listening to uh, some Japanese city pop, I know, Jeff, we were talking about that before uh, a couple months ago on the podcast, and John just starts belting out names. I'm like, oh, Okay. So John knew right away, and, and John has this great music taste that just nobody else probably has, and that's what's fun. Is it, it's just it's so out there, it's so different, and it's it's diff, it's difficult at times, but fun at other times. I will I'll say that right now. I think that's kind of how music should be. Sometimes difficult, sometimes fun. Right, and it's yeah. not always mainstream. That is true. You never have to be mainstream. And, and John, you were actually a part of a little bit of a band. Yeah, uh, you could say that. A little bit of a band. Yeah. A little bit of like a, a noise group is another word I would call it because it is it is out there. Um, what? Yeah. I guess the question is more for me, like what actually makes a band? Because we certainly recorded a lot, played in public and distributed. Not, not really so much, but that was yeah, a lot of fun. I'm I'm pulling up right now. If, if, oh, this is unique. Um, if you're if you're curious, look up the group, the Ing Missing. Uh, you can basically only find them on SoundCloud. At least that's the only place that I know we found them, John. I don't know about you. I, I think that's the only place anything has been distributed. Then and you have you were on the album dipped in wine, right? I, a little bit, yeah. That was, I, I mean, the whole process for that thing uh, coming into existence was 
was many years of, and this is like post recording, just editing and refining. And uh, the the band leader Ryan, he he's pretty much responsible for all of, all of Ingma Singh, and it's his baby, really. I just uh, was able to wail and scream and play saxophone and keys sometimes on it. Uh, I don't know if this is gonna work here, but can you hear Buffalo on the Plains here? A little bit. Let's see if I can turn it up for you guys. That explains one of your picks, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it does. It really does. But that that's John's uh, group that he used to play with. And Ryan, shout out to you. You're probably never going to even know yep. this existed, but, you know. <laughs> Uh, very fun, and that's a that's a great way to start this episode. Is get some Ingmasing going here. When when we figured out that at work, it was a riot for a week because that was all <laughs> we would be playing, and I'll be because there's some there's some nice song names on here. Um, well, that was just Bison on the Plains. Uh, let's see here, Zero Soul, Greater Than Some of Its Parts, uh, Sea Beans. You know, we got some fun names. Sea Beans. Sea Beans. Uh, yeah, so it's yeah, it was it was a fun one. Wow. Uh, yeah. So why don't, why don't we start breaking down some uh, some albums that came out this week? I don't know how many how many did you bring here, Jeffrey? Because I brought four. a lot. I have four. Okay, I think I have seven. What? I think I have seven. How the hell do you have time to listen to that many albums this week? Yeah, uh, you know, I just, I, just right. I listen at work. In front of my computer. I will also say uh, I listened to Wet Leg. I don't know if we talked about it since the last episode. I listened to the album Wet Leg. Uh, fantastic. Week. It was two weeks ago we talked about it. Please yep. go check it out. That one's fun. Um, but, I think you'd like that one. Yeah, it's it's right up my alley. But I the like biggest that's up your your alley. Oh yeah, it's very it's very out there. I will say the biggest album this week is easily the new Kendrick Lamar album. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. It, it, you know, obviously Kendrick Lamar, one of the biggest rappers in the world. Uh, haven't had an album since I was in high school. Granted, that was 2017, the last time Kendrick Lamar released an album. Five years ago. So we've kind of been starved a little bit. Because Kendrick normally released on a three-year spread, and then it's been five. But... Five, uh, five. Yeah, I know. So it's uh, 18 tracks, an hour 13 long. Uh, this is Kendrick being artistic. This isn't him trying to make hits. This isn't him going out there to try and show others that he can be popular. Kendrick wanted to make this, and you can tell. What'd you say? It's two different albums. Yeah, it's disc one and disc two. Oh, my God. I mean, it's only see 18 that. tracks, an hour 13. Oh, I see that. Too crazy. Songs, yeah. But I mean, there are some cool features. He's got Ghostface Killer. He's got Godak Black. He's got okay. Baby Keith, which is his cousin. Um, and, and it's fun. I think this is this is like a this is a full front to back album. This is not a I'm gonna play a, one or two of these songs at a party and enjoy it. You know, um, I will say that there are some songs that kind of like they exist. They kind of fall through the cracks. 
and I don't know if this is Kendrick's best work. I will say that right now. There, I mean, Kendrick is known for having one of the best albums of all time in the rap scene, and it's hard to kind of top that after you go with, uh, oh, To Pimp a Butterfly, and then even Good Kid, Mad City was great. But I think this is just above Damn in his discography. So this is probably... See, I gave Damn a 7. This is better than Damn, but it's not by much. Uh, this is a 7.5 out of 10. Let me see if the playing this on my computer works. Uh, I'm going to be playing the song Silent Hill with Kendrick Lamar and Kodak Black. Push these niggas off me like Push these bitches off me like Push these niggas off me like Pushing the snakes, I'm pushing the fakes, I'm pushing them all off me like Pushing them all off me like Yeah. <laughs> I be immune to shit. <laughs> Tucking the broom and shit. <laughs> then with a zoom and shit. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting intro. Yeah, the beat switch up right away. It's in- interesting right. for sure. Uh, I mean, this there's fun songs on here. So obviously, if you're a music fan, you knew that Kendrick Lamar had an album come out. Check it out if you haven't listened to it yet. Uh, it's it's not the end of the world if, if you don't like it, but you got to listen to it. It's one of those things that you just got to listen. All right. So I picked one from last week. Album is Back from the Dead. Group is called Hailstorm. Hailstorm. Wow. Um, <laughs> Bad, you know, huh? it's, it's, well, it's, it's interesting this week. I have four albums. Two yep. of the four groups are female lead singers. Okay. Um, which don't, doesn't happen too much in the rock scene. And to have two in the same week. Um, you know, Hailstorm... Uh, is fronted by Lizzie Hale, uh, great vocalist. However, I think that I would prefer an Amy Lee of Evanescence over Hailstorm. Uh, okay. As far as vocal range. Uh, not saying that Lizzie's bad. I just, uh, it seems like this is a lot of the same stuff. And it's not evolving. How's that? It's so good. For I think the, it's for the band Hailstorm or for Lizzie? Yeah, it's just, you know, this, the, the title song, uh, Back from the Dead, is a really good intro, a great lead into it, but it just kind of starts to fall apart after that. Um, it's, it's not a terrible song, but there's not anything that really sticks out other than the title track. So for me, it's a six. It's not, I, I'm still impressed because I think she's got a great voice, but I just think it's a lot of the same song over and over again. So I'm going to play a little bit of Back from the Dead from Hailstorm. There you go, you got a little bit of Lizzie Hale and Hailstorm. I didn't mean that. So, okay, Matt, that group that was in between um, oh. Riot and Slipknot, who was that? Oh, God, I can't remember. Into the now or something, into the... Oh, that, yeah, I, I cannot remember that one. Look that up. But anyway, um, very strong vocals, very similar to that other group, other than that group scared the shit out of me. Um, but, yeah, I mean... yeah. They were they were very uh yeah scary is a good word. The big difference, the big difference if you're going to compare Amy Lee to 
Lizzie Hale in this kind of a comparison type thing is, I think Amy's a little bit more vocal where Lizzie likes to scream a little more. But that's Fair not enough. the way I think Amy sings and Lizzie screams. <laughs> Amy screams. But, but it's a decent album. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not like, oh, I got to run out and get it. So, yeah, fair. All right. I will go with my next album, and I'm going to pick my stinker of the week. All right. Uh, all right. This comes as no surprise as I was not excited to listen to this album because they are mainstream EDM garbage. And this is Chainsmokers with their album So Far So Good. Chainsmokers is a massive band sitting at 33 million monthly listeners on Spotify alone. It stinks three that songs, bad. It stinks that bad? Three songs over a billion plays and one over two billion plays. Wow. It is, it is 13 songs, 44 minutes, and this was supposed to be the new Chainsmokers, back to their roots where they started before they went mainstream pop. Where you know, John, you can just come in anytime because I just interrupt them all the time. Oh, really uh, you got it. But <laughs> it's, it's just, it's the non-mainstream music is what they said. It is still garbage. Chainsmokers does not know how to make a song feel like a decent song without being so overproduced run-of-the-mill radio hit garbage i'm just i'm sorry i just i can't get used to it anymore and like you have closer which was literally on the radio for forever and everybody knows that song even john knows that song and john doesn't listen to mainstream stuff uh when i think of closer i think of nine inch nails so why Okay, well, you know, if I played it, you would hear it, but that's okay. Uh, Possibly. The only good song on this album was Channel One or Chanel One. I don't know which way they're going to pronounce it, but that's the only good song. All right, I'll play Channel One. Yeah, play some Channel One here. It's two in the morning and you want it But we're better off friends and it doesn't have to end like this Cause you're honest and I sorry shit You call it toxic, it's a problem I gave you hope once and you lost it I'm just being honest She's a repeat, I don't wanna back, back, back though so sure, why can't I forget it, it all? I try to keep it on the low, but it's me, I gotta go. I'm guessing I, I don't understand how that's any different than the stuff you normally listen to. Because that's the only good part on this album. That was the only good song I liked. That's why I said I like that song. And, so, and how do you rate that song as opposed to the rest of the album? That song is a solid seven. It's, you know, catchy at some parts, but kind of annoying in some parts. But the album's a two. Uh, the album is a two. Ouch. I, I, I am okay never listening to it again. Uh, yeah, it was... I didn't have any stinkers this week. It was kind of nice. Really? Well, I'll go again because I got a lot of six. I do have another yeah, album seven. that I liked. I do have another one that I like more than uh, Kendrick's, but we'll get back to that. Um... The next one, Florence and the Machine. Florence and the Machine had a new album come out, Dance Fever. Um, That one too, huh? Okay. Yeah, I did that one. I did that one. I did another one. Did you do this one here? I did Florence and the Machine. Wow. Okay. That would be my other theme group. Yeah. 
with Florence and the Machine being the the indie rock sound. Uh, I loved it. I don't know about you, but I love this album. I, you know what? I, I I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. To me, it was. I mean, you, you titled the album "Dance Fever." Right. There's not a fucking <laughs> song on any of it. Well, yeah, they, that's kind of the point. I mean, it, it was a very dark album, and you call it "Dance Fever." It's like, huh? I think that was kind of the point of it. No, it, well, maybe, but I I may get it. Florence, Florence and the Machine, they've always been very edgy, darkish sounding lyrics and tone. Not all the time. No. Expecting kind of an upbeat. Yeah, sometimes it's about getting out of the dark times. So true. Yeah, the dog days are over. Yeah. But I mean, I loved I loved the first song on the album King. That fantastic. The, yep, the vocals like on that one is great. And it, it kind of reminded me of a little bit of um like the new wave of U2 sound just after they made it big. And it's just like, it sounds a little unique. Hmm. After that one, what else? What other songs did I like? Yeah. I think uh, Dream Girl Evil was pretty good. I also liked Heaven Is Here. Uh, but I mean, those are the singles that she's already kind of released and I've heard before. So they fit in. I mean, I think all the singles that she released were actually pretty good. And the rest of the album, yeah, it was not bad. I mean, it's a six. I think that there I are. I gave it a six just because I didn't think there was anything bad. It was just. Nothing stood out to you? No. I mean, I did like I King. I, I really I liked King. My biggest thing is I'm, I'm surprised of how popular they actually are. They are more popular than another band that we're going to talk about because I know you did that one, too. Um, yeah, I was, but it's it's basically a couple of songs. And but, really, I mean, her lungs, their lungs, and monthly listeners, and you don't hear much about them. You really don't. I, that is fair. You don't really hear much about Florence the Machine. They have fourteen million monthly. Li- yeah, they're ranked what three hundred and thirty-five in the world for monthly right. listeners. Yeah, three thirty-five or three thirty-six somewhere in there. It's like, what? Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, it, I don't know. I like I like Florence and the Machine. I like what they do. What John is going to give us when we talk about those? That is fair. Has anything even close to that? No, I don't think the commercial album really ended up being that much of a commercial success. (laughs) I don't think so either. (laughs) Do you Do you want to play the track King? Yeah, I can play King. We argue in the kitchen about whether to have children, about the world ending in the scale of my ambition, and how much is art really worth. The very thing you're best at is the thing that hurts the most. But you need your rotten heart, your dazzling pain like diamond rings. You need to go to war to find material to sing. I am. Here you go. Awesome. Yeah, that was that was a great song. It, uh, that song very catchy. It's it's. Oh, yeah. I am king. Uh, that's shit. Yeah. Yeah. Don't sing again. I won't. I I struggle singing. Um, all the computer speakers that just listened to that, or the or the headphones that people are listening to us in, just blew up. Yeah. So why don't we do the other one that we probably both did with the yep. Black Keys? Yeah. Uh, they got a new Rock album, Rock Out Boogie. Ooh, much this is more fun, fun song. Much more fun album. Oh God, I love this album. This is a fun album. This is another one of those that you listen to it and it it's uh, better the second time through. Uh huh. I mean, and they got a feature from Billy F. Gibbons. Yep, from, that's one of my uh, favorites from ZZ Top, right? 
Yep. Uh, well, you can yeah. just come here and play and just a little bit of background guitar music, and you know it's Billy. Uh, you just know it's Billy when he comes in. Like, oh, there's Billy. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, <laughs> I actually, I really enjoyed this album. This was fun. It started out fun and ended fun. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what I thought, too. The middle kind of lulled, but the ending was great. The first yep. two tracks were great, Wild Child and It Ain't Over. Yep. And uh, Baby, I'm Coming Home. I love that song, too. It was yep. a good album. Really good. It's yeah. gonna, I mean, it'll probably make it on my top of the album list at the end of the year. So, I'm, Mine's probably, probably flirting with it, 10, too. In the top 20. Yeah, mine's probably flirting on that edge, too, as well. Yeah, I just you know, I, it just got a different vibe, but you know, it's it's uh, it's a definitely a signature Black Key sound. Oh yeah, just another one of those albums that seemed to grow on you a little bit. Um, it, it's one that I may pick up on vinyl. I, I'm not sure yet. Really, I think it'll sound really cool on vinyl. I think I think it ain't over would sound amazing. That's I I will say that is one of my favorite songs from the whole weekend. Yeah, it's a, it's a good album. I've 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 played it twice and. I've enjoyed it more the second time than the first time. So I gave this one a seven. I think that they're even seven and a half. So we're in the same boat. Yeah. Oh, what the this, hell? And this wasn't even the we album. Just, that, we got to quit doing podcasts because we're starting to agree. It's I know it's, it's not good. That's like two in a row that we've agreed. Uh, I don't, we mm. might agree actually on some of John's stuff too. So we'll see. We'll see. I, we've discussed <laughs> like a very, very little. But we did discuss so a little bit. setting it up here, you know? That's kind of what's going on here. Yeah. Do you want to play right. the song It Ain't Over? Yep, I will play that one. different than some of their other albums and it but it's it's still good yeah i mean it kind of think, it a bit, gave it a little more pop sound and it and it sounded all right yeah i mean and we're looking at like el camino being the other like other major black keys album uh they're well, very or hi-fi or whatever that one was oh the, the the 2018 Lo one lo-fi or whatever it's called uh lo-fi. let me look or let's rock uh, well, there's Brothers in 2010. There's El Camino, Let's Rock in 2019, which I actually enjoyed as well. Right. But if you think about it, since 2010, they've had five albums. Yep. I mean, they first came out, what, uh, 2002. So they, another one of these, we're going to talk a lot about 2002 when we come here. Oh, I mean, yeah. if you think about it, Florence and the Machine was 2002. Yep. Um, Matt's album that he brought us is 2001 or 2002 or 2006, but they released their first one in 2002. So yeah, there was a new. One. It, it mean, was because new metal was ass. Oh, I knocked my camera off, but it was because new metal sucked. Well, it like, was. It was kind of different. It was like, you know, I don't know. It but it was a new, large group new of bands came out in like 2001, 2002, 2003 that. They all have very similar sound, and so it's kind well, of hard. That's also because you're seeing you're seeing pop punk resurgence being massive. You have Blink One Eighty Two influence starting. You have Green Day starting. They're just a little different, though. Black Keys right. are just 
Yeah, but they had that pop punk influence in them. You can't say that they that didn't pull a little bit from Green Day. Separated themselves. They separated themselves away from that. Yeah, because they have the they have the funk sound to it almost. Right. It's, Which it's is, just nice. It's 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 a different, cool sound. Yeah, I'll give you that. All right, All right I'll go I'll go again because I've got two more albums left and you got one. So. Um, uh, take notes on EDM here, chain smokers. The album "Loner" by Alice in Wonderland is good. Oh, I mean, I can't rip on chain smoker. Uh, Alice in Wonderland. Um, sure, you can. That's a nail. What? Yeah, that's she is a producer, EDM artist, and she's good. She is good. Uh, I've enjoyed her music for a while. Uh, very similar to artists like Just a Gent, RL Grime, Nightmare, that kind of sound little bit more heavy at points and soft at some points um she's good i i, I wish i could have gone to see her she was in minneapolis a couple weeks ago uh and i know alex went to go see her so i'm kind of jealous of that and he's like hey do you want to come with i got an extra ticket and i'm like oh. oh it was it was the saturday before julia was getting induced so i figured i can't really swing that probably not yeah probably not yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm giving up my. I mean, probably not worth the fallout. No, and I'm giving up my opportunity to go see one of my favorite bands, and the only reason is, is that it's the day before Timmy's graduation party. Uh oh, what band? So, which which band? Tesla. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Really kind of. I'm kind of. I was excited, and then I saw what the date was. And, I even talked to one of my friends into going, so I had a person to go with, and then I found out it's the baby before Timmy's grad party. So, oh. yeah, that's pretty tough. Yeah, I'm guessing I'm going to be making food and getting things ready and yeah, doing things, you know. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's not like they don't come through very often, they come through quite often. So, that is true. They are very good at touring. They are. All right, what am I uh, playing off of this Alice in Wonderland? I haven't even talked about it much. We got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. she's great. I think that she's a very fun artist. Bored. We gotta get to his stuff. I don't. Look at him. Look at him. He's so bored. Uh, anyways, uh, fun songs on the album. The, t- the first track, Forever, uh, Something Real, uh, and Thirst are my big three. So if you want to play Something Real. Keep on gives you a pretty good idea of what Alice in Wonderland sounds like. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, she does immerse a couple other genres. It's not just that house sound that you heard there, but I, I enjoy Alice in Wonderland. I think that is that is an album you got to check out. Loner. Hmm. Very nice. All right. My last one of the week is from a band called Three Days Grace. Ah, I saw that and I was like, okay. A album called Explosions. Okay. Uh, interesting album. Um, I'm going to say that, again, not a stinker in the bunch, but not a standout in the bunch either. So, you know, it does not live up to some of their previous stuff on, say, like uh, um, 1X. I think that one was a great album. And that one was in, what, 2006? 
Um, you know, it, but it was it wasn't terrible. So I think you're going to see a few more come out on this album. But right now, I would say, you know, because One X had five of their top ten, other than their I Hate Everything About You, which came out in 2003. Um, I, I am a Three Days Grace fan, but this is another one of those bands that came out in that 2002-2003 area and just kind of have very similar sound, very similar to like Hailstorm, very similar to like the band we're going to talk about with Matt's group or Matt's band, My Chemical Romance, um, things like that. Um, they all have that sound that's just um, kind of getting out of that 90s pop rock and, and kind of changing it a little bit just to sound a little different. And that's kind of where these guys fall in. Yep. Um, you know, they've been around 20 years. They still sound great. I, and I'm, I hope they put out some more. Um, I was surprised that they have as many followers as they do. They've got eight and a half million listeners. Um, that's actually impressive. Yeah. So I still gave it a six out of 10. I think it's decent. Uh, you know, you're not going to have a terrible song on it. Yeah. Um, so-called life is probably the one that's getting most plays and that's the lead song and that was the best song on there um, oh we got a freeze on my end on um, nope on just jeff's end uh, uh, yeah i'm still here yeah i was like i looked over i saw you moving i'm like oh we're good it's just him <laughs> you know we'll just edit this part out then hey that, that happens yeah. that's the that's the miracle of editing look at why Wow, he looks so frozen. I probably would have listened to the Black Keys album if I'd known that had come out this this week. Oh, he's back. I kind of, I kind of, hey. I kind of lagged there, I guess. Yeah, just that lag. happens. We're good. We got editing. Good. So anyway, not not terrible. First song, last song, good songs. So we're gonna play uh, "So Called Life" by Three Days Grace. how the kick drum was coming through uh, yeah i love that part and the, you know the funny part is is that hailstorm three days grace uh even florence and machine and even for for shits in comparison it's the black keys all of the first songs hit you right in the face and then they all fade it's like yeah. they hit with the hardest thing they got and then they kind of fade after that yeah Which, i mean good and bad but you know you expect you hit you hear the first song it's like yeah, this is gonna be a great album. Man. Uh, done. It teeters out. <laughs> yep. So anyway, I still gave it a six. It's a good album. It's uh, it's got some good stuff on it. I don't think it's as strong as One X, but I don't. They're gonna have a hard time living up to that album. So that is fair. There you go. Uh, my final album is arguably my favorite album of the year so far. Oh. Whoa! Uh, Only halfway there. I know. But this, I listened to a total of four times since it came out. Wow. Um, this is from Otokobi Beaver. O-T-O-B-O-K-E Beaver. Okay. They are a Japanese all-female punk band. And they give me such great 
80s uh, British Revolution sounding punk where they just riff on the guitars, have a blast, and just go with it. And some of their song titles, fantastic, okay. very punk sounding. I am not material. I don't, I won't dish out salads. Um, leave me alone, no stay with me. Um, where'd you buy such a nice watch you are wearing now? Uh, my favorite one, uh, Dirty Old Fart is waiting for my reaction. <laughs> oh my and God. Uh, and uh, you're no hero, shut the fuck up, man whore. They're, they're fantastic names. And they Love catch the album art too. Yeah, the album art is fantastic. Shout out to that. It, it was it was so fun. And I I went shopping for groceries yesterday. I was walking through Costco, earbuds in, listening to this. And when I say this is just, oh, it's so fun. It is so fun. I I, I can't say enough. This gives such great punk sound. You just got to play a song. Do you want to play this song? Uh, play the song Pardon. Pardon. Got it. See, when I hear the term hyper pop thrown around, that's what I expect to hear. Oh, uh, just God. ecstatic wildness. Oh, yeah. It, it's so fun. It's nothing that I've heard in a while. I, I am a sucker for punk. I know, what, two years ago, I had uh, BBC as one of my best albums of the year. I think they were number three. God, I love this. It, I just never get that 30 seconds back. The funny part is, <laughs> it's 18 tracks. It's 21 and a half minutes. It is such an easy <laughs> listen. It well, is that's true. It's, 21 it's 21 minutes long. I listen to this album, and I, I, I love it. I, I seriously cannot praise this enough. It is so fun. It sounds like they're just friends just riffing together and just making music. It we're, sounds like John's We're, we're done, Matt. We're yeah. done. We're absolutely done. This this oh is a god. nine out of ten. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's gonna be Jeff's new favorite. He just needs to hear it oh, like seven god times. God's sake! Yeah, son of a. Yeah, we just need to tie you down in the basement and make you listen to this and nothing else. Then you'll love them too. Yeah. Uh, well, once I get it on vinyl and then I, I have you listen to it, that'll make it that'll make it a lot better. After you move back in, you're, that's all I'm gonna hear downstairs. Oh yeah. Just so much. Oh God. I feel sorry for your kid. <laughs> My God. Don't worry, Daddy. I'll see you. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, let's let's just uh we'll those are some new albums. Uh <laughs> fun ones to check out, I guess. Um well I'm gonna check it out. Yes, John. I'm telling you, that is something when I listen to it, I was like, shit, John would probably like this. I mean, I don't think I'm gonna give it a nine, but I'll definitely give it a listen. <laughs> Uh, so so why don't we talk about your band here that you brought us here, Jeff? Yeah. Because because oh. this was uh well okay, let me preference this by I got to see what John gave us first, so then I made my decision a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it felt a little bit like a revenge choice, uh actually. Something that wasn't what you gave us, let me tell you. It is true. So, it is true. 
Yep. So we, I brought a, an album by the name of Chief from Mr. Eric Church. So yep. we all know that Matt is not a country fan. Nope. What does Eric Church sing? Country. Terrible country, too. Not not oh, decent you know, country that I actually enjoy. I, I can't say it's a terrible country. I mean, I think it's pretty much middle-of-the-road country is where I, uh, my stance was. Well, any middle the any country is middle-of-the-road, but however, <laughs> hey, I'm going to come back to referencing these early 2000 bands that came out. Okay. Because most of those are what turned me on to country because there wasn't anything good coming out so I had to find something else. And, huh. and also that I actually started watching the CMT Awards also was a crossovers on uh, VH1 where they would do a country artist and a popular rock or popular artist, um, not country, and sing each other's songs. And that actually led me into some of the other country stuff. It wasn't a Garth Brooks. It wasn't anything else. There is one song in this album that I would put in my top 50 of all time. Really? Springsteen? I want to yep. guess. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. Yes. yeah. When I heard that song, I was hooked. I don't care what the rest of the album sound like. I wanted that song. And, you know, and it comes down to the line where it says, when you think about me, do you think about 17? Do you think about my old Jeep? Do you think about the stars in the sky? Funny how a melody sounds like a memory, like a soundtrack to a July Saturday night. It brings you right back to all those fun times that you had, high school, early college. I mean, and just hanging out by the lake or hanging out by the river or hanging out with a bunch of your friends at a bonfire, just drinking, having a good time. That's the song. But that's fair, especially when it says how a melody sounds like a memory, because a lot of the songs that we like really kind of jog our memory to back to a time that we heard that song or we heard that album or we heard anything else. So it just struck a chord. And then the rest of the album just kind of came with it because then you got like creeping. Um, and the other one is like the drink song. I can't even remember the damn song. But drink in song. my hand. Drink in my hand. Drink in my hand. However, I did see the spring scene does have 336 million plays, by the way. Just let it me does. tell you that. But anyway, so I mean that's that's how that's how Eric Church came into my little realm of listening. But you know, I get the I don't like a ton of country. I do like Zach Brown because I saw that guy play Double One Dumb Georgia on an acoustic guitar on the solo. And I thought about, I think I just got floored. How fast he could play, how accurate he played and how good yep. it was. I don't think I've ever heard anybody play guitar, especially acoustic guitar, that great. So I am a, a Zach Brown fan ever since I heard that song. Uh, Eric Church because of Springsteen. Kenny Chesney, he's got a couple songs that I just love immensely. Um, and then, of course, Chris Stapleton is my favorite. So, um, you know, I don't, I'm not a huge country fan, but I am kind of pushing myself into that a little bit. And I do like to listen to sometimes a Luke Bryan or, you know, some of the mainstream guys. I don't mind them. Uh, you know, they, some of their songs are catchy and they're fun. 
you know, is it something I'm going to pick up on an, on just every day? Probably not. But is it something different? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I kind of want to hear John's take on this because this is, you know, not John's. Oh, this is not John's fault. Yeah, no, I mean, now, yeah. where, where do I want to start? <laughs> I mean, country, uh, I don't swear off any genre. I just don't think it's like, it's like eating. You don't want to be a picky eater. You're just missing out on experiences. If you say, like, I'll never listen to country, you're missing out on some fantastic artists. But I wasn't able to get into country until I started to listen to old country. I mean, Johnny Cash, Patsy Klein. I mean, Johnny Cash, oh, yeah. I get it. Hank Williams. Cash, I, like it. I like some Johnny really? Cash. I mean, you can even put in Elvis Presley if you want to call him country or not. Sure. Sure. Is that a new movie coming out? It was. I, I, I think he kind of was. I think he was kind of a. He was kind of like a Taylor Swift of, of the '60s or the '50s or whatever. Oh well, yeah. I mean, yeah. but he was kind of a cross-genre type artist. You know, yeah. I think he can do both. He can do both a country and a rock song and make it sound great. You know, so an Elvis or a Johnny Cash or anything like that, absolutely. But if you start getting into like George Strait or Mel Tillis or some of those twangy country singers, I just I'm done. I, I'm done. I can't mm -hmm. do it. It's got to be. But where where does Garth Brooks uh, sit on your on your schedule? You know, you know some of his songs are good. Um, you know, I, I don't. Without Garth Brooks, I don't think we'd have um, an Eric Church. I don't think we'd have uh, Luke Bryan. I don't think we'd have these people. Yeah. Chesney, Chesney. We wouldn't have them. Stadium Country. We wouldn't have Garth, Stadium Country. Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. Country really would have just died without Garth, Garth Brooks. Brooks. And he he basically turned country music upside down you know you could compare them to a nirvana you could compare them to a led zeppelin bands that change the direction of popular music whether it's rock whether it's country creed yeah i mean there was <laughs> did you just creed, see really <laughs> you just kind of get one along with me saying creed i was just gonna see what was gonna happen I, that was the head scratcher there i'm still reeling from that it did have its place creed. The Creed did have its place in new metal. I mean, they had impact, yeah. They did, but not reverse impact. But I think, I think still an impact. Right, but with Garth Brooks and everything else, I mean, Garth really kind of changed direction of where country was going. I think country was kind of running its course. It had enough with the twangy stuff. It needed something different, and that was Garth Brooks. Yeah, I didn't like this. To no one's surprise, I. That. I don't mind the song Springsteen. I will say that. I I think you've given us this album before because I had two save songs. Oh, one was Springsteen and one was Drinking My Hand. It was two biggest ones on this album. The only reason I like Drinking My Hand is because I can imagine myself playing it on a boat in the middle of summer. Again, Fantastic. That's with a drink in your hand. With a drink in my hand for sure. But I mean, maybe it's two. Just, oh, maybe. Uh, Edward Forty Hands, um, <laughs> but I just I don't I can't get into this kind of stadium style country. I do like new country that's coming out. I've listened to Chris Stapleton. I enjoy Chris Stapleton. Zach Bryan, uh, great. Uh, there's just there's not much I could. I've had you listen to him too before, Jeff. Right. I'm just saying it's just there's there's room for a little bit of crossover into this. Right. I think so, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, that's enough of that one. Yeah. Now we'll have my album, which I'm actually really excited for, because uh, 
this one, uh, I would say kind of similar, really shaped what this pop punk sound was coming out during this time. Yeah. And that was the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. Probably their only good album. I'm not going to lie. They have some okay albums. <laughs> but when I was a kid, uh, I had one song that I felt super cool when I was listening to it. And that was Sing. I, no, Sing came, out, Sing came out in 2010. Right? I was a oh, single. 20, 2006. I know, but I, let me tell my story. <laughs> Sing came out in 2010. It had a cool cover, so I bought it. This was still in the iTunes days where I had to buy things. And I fell in love with that song to the point of where that was the only song I listened to going to and from elementary school at that time. <laughs> I had my little iPod. I had earbuds. I would listen to that song. I think it was in fourth or fifth grade. Loved it. Oh, I loved kids. it. I know us Zoomers. Um, you just don't know how, luck, how good you have it. <laughs> hey, you guys had Walkmans. Some of us did. <laughs> That's fair. Are you playing Sing right now? Playing Sing. I, I mean, man, if you're going to pick a My Chemical Romance song, Sing is not the song to pick. I know. Yeah, it I, was, I haven't listened not- to a lot of them, but that that but that sing that sounds like a very different band than oh yeah Black parade i mean it picks up it picks up but i bought the music video even and i watched it on my ipod and it's them robbing a bank and in the end they all get shot and die that's my chemical romance to a t though but i mean you're looking at the black parade which is obviously like you play that one piano note the start five of my, uh, 10 songs of my chemical romance played is off that album, so it is yeah. a very popular album. You play the one piano note, the beginning of Welcome to the Black Parade, and you're just instant. You go, oh, shit, that's Welcome to the Black Parade. You know it right away. It's the same thing with Runaway by Kanye West. One little piano key, you know exactly what song it is. I wouldn't know it's Kanye West because I'm not listening to it. That's fair. You don't like Kanye West. Even the one time I made you listen to him, you hated it. I'm, I'm assuming John doesn't like Kanye West either. You can see by his face. I, no, I, I don't have a strong opinion. I, I, I don't know. Do we want to get into Kanye West? <laughs> he's a terrible political figure. I'm just scared that he is interesting. But uh, not so much for his music, just his personality. What? Uh, whatever he goes by. He? Yeah. He's called symbol like Prince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, anyway, but go back to Black Parade. Black Parade, 14 tracks, 51 minutes. I was looking at it. I think what seven of the fourteen tracks over have over a hundred million plays on Spotify. It this was one of the most influential albums from my generation. Everyone that I knew has at least has a solid knowledge of this album, and or can tell you a couple of the songs off this album that they like. Like there, it's just a wide outreach stretch. Where welcome to the Black Parade, you get um teenagers you have uh i don't want to i don't love you uh dead there are big songs on this album and it, and if any of them came up you go oh yeah that's a my chemical romance song because you could just tell by the sound and and they were very new this was nothing that we were expecting and it was fun i loved it i mean this is this is something that i've come back to, I mean, time that's and time the thing. to you want you want things that change 
your perspective on music or something that makes you sit up and say, hey, I like this or something. I mean, there are, everybody has those bands, whether mm -hmm. it comes early in life or later in life, it just happens. It just happens to you on this particular band, which I'm not quite sure why. I don't but know why fine. either. But yeah, I, I don't know if we'll ever know why certain bands or albums grab so you. Like, right. yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I couldn't I guess if it's a genetic thing or I don't, <laughs> nature, nurture, whatever, but right. some things will just grab you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a huge Stone Temple Pilots fan. I'm a huge Tesla fan. Neither one of those bands were super popular. They were popular, but not super popular. Um, but to me, they were what stuck in my brain, and that's what I liked. And and some people liked them, and some people didn't. I mean, that's just that's what every band has. I just, to me, that My Chemical Romance seems to fall in that group again of the early 20, 2000s. I don't know how you want to say that. But anyway, the, the Zero Zero bands. Um, <laughs> that sounds bad, too. Uh, the yeah. 2000s bands early 2000s bands that come out uh, because they all kind of had the same type of sound. You know, to me, this is a Green Day wannabe, just not as good. Hmm. Okay. I like Green Day better. That's and I would fair. put them in the same boat. Uh, I would put them in the same day. I would put them in the huh. same category as Three Days Grace. Would I like Three Days Grace better? I think so, because it's a little heavier, and I like that. Uh, I think My Chemical Romance is a little more poppy. I think it's it's more appealing to a bigger uh, audience than some of the other ones I like, other than Green Day. I think Green Day has a pretty good following, but um, but Three Days Grace, I think I like Three Days Grace better than My Chemical Romance. Um, but it wasn't terrible, Matt. I, mean, I, I kind of picked one that was like, uh, I thought it was going to be easier for you because I saw John's list and I was like, well, I need one that'll <laughs> challenge John a little bit, but not too bad. I did, huh? You did the yeah. opposite of what I did. I, I yeah, because I saw I saw the list and I knew you weren't going to be too happy with it. No, probably not. Well, I, it's not that I wasn't too happy. With it. it's just well, I mean, uh, yeah. it's so, different. Okay, let's see. Well, okay, I'll stick with Chemical Romance because it's like I'd probably say I like Green Day better, but Green Day also hits me right in the high school age too, and right. that that band was coming out and getting big, and it meant it meant a lot to me right now, right then. Uh, today, <laughs> Green Day, not so much. Yeah. What so, was that, Jeff? Well, I was just say, yeah, it's just like it's I, I think, at least for me, um, the early teenage years were the biggest influence as far as what shaped the rest of my life. So, yeah. you know, and for me, that was uh, that was that was hair metal or glam metal or whatever you want to call it. That was my genre. I mean, that's yeah. where I would gravitate toward. Um, do I I definitely do come off of that quite a bit. However, that is a good core of my my listening. Yep. So. Yep. I, I probably wouldn't listen to the Black Parade again, but it wasn't it wasn't that rough of, of a listen. Because oh, a while I thought the singer was just kind of I didn't like the singer's voice. It was just kind of whiny. It was a whiny album. You know, it was whiny, but the music behind it I thought was actually kind of fun. And I like I love a concept album, even if I don't like the album. I think that's part of what you want to do when you make an album is you, it's not just a list of songs, not just a list of signals, singles, but an entire story. And this song, uh, this album absolutely does that. Uh, the music behind it was kind of fun because it, it got kind of big, kind of orchestral. And it was actually reminding me, not of Green Day, but of like early Weezer, which was a lot oh, of really? just getting out there, having fun, but also doing some pretty 
dramatic stuff with your music. So it was it was it was still an entertaining listen. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. It wasn't terrible. I, I still gave it a five for you, Matt. I I I just think I mean I can't I can't believe that some of those songs have over half a million or fifty five hundred million plays. Oh I can. Yeah. Oh, Teenagers alone. The Black Parade. I'd be yes. Teenagers is fantastic. Come on. They're in 392. They're in the top 500 on Spotify. Yeah. It's gotta be something. So there are people that like it. It's the jackets. <laughs> They're snappy dressers. They learn from the Beatles. All right. Well, let's get into the fun stuff. I, I really am excited to talk about John's albums. Because <laughs> Where do you want to start there? Going into this, do, I do knew you had a very eclectic taste. It was really challenging to just pick five albums because I didn't know if I wanted to get in your faces and really pick pick things that I thought you'd be impossible to listen to. But I ended up with like a mix of, oh, there's obviously one that's a, a real challenge. And then more that I think is just really, I think is really respectable for the music that they provided us. I mean, so, and, yeah. and the first one, the first one we'll talk about is Moondog. Um, oh, okay. His album is Sax Packs for a Sax. Uh, yeah. Reading up on Moondog, because, you know, I was curious when I was listening to him. This man has had a life. Oh, he yes, was, sir. He was known as the Viking of 6th Street, where he was homeless in New York City and would just stand there, just stationary, motionless, just standing. I mean, and you have people like a conductor in of the Philharmonics. Oh, yeah, in his Viking gear. And, and, and a conductor of the Philharmonics said that his music was awesome. Like the the conductor loved it. He created instruments. He is credited for creating, I think, three or four instruments. Like this man is fantastically smart when it comes to this kind of style. But and, you know why he just stood there, right? Why? He's blind. He was blind. Oh, yeah, from I, the knew age of... so I knew that. I knew that. Blind from the age of sixteen. I I didn't know from what. It really didn't say. No. Um, you know, it could have been a a, a, a bunch of different uh, of, of, uh, illnesses from that. Era. I've heard an accident and a disease, but I, yeah, I don't know either. Right, you just don't know. I mean, there isn't a whole lot on this guy. Doesn't sound like he talks a whole lot about anything, or even I mean, at all. Dead like, now, play a, play a well, yeah, yeah. I mean, mo- most of his albums, he's really into uh, preserving like ancient European musical sounds and traditions. And like music in the round and stuff from like Shakespeare's time. But this album specifically, he's focusing on saxophone and he has a couple albums where he gets kind of a big band with him. This one was a little more uh, jazzy and uh, I think it I think it reads a lot easier than like say the Viking of Fifth Avenue. But uh, yeah, what, what did you guys think about it? Um, I, I thought it was very interesting. I think this would be something that I would play if I had a, a large dinner as, as guests came in, or even mm-hmm. while eating dinner, it is great for background mu- music. I, you know, um, you don't have to think about it a whole lot. You know, it's there, you know, and you'll, you'll catch a tune here or there that, oh, that was kind of cool, or, you mm-hmm. know, something like that. You know, other than that, I mean, I'm not a huge jazz band. I did play in a high school band. So, I mean, I did get a little bit of jazz from that. So I always like a good jazz band or a jazz musician. Um, I, you know, it was just, I think the backstory is a lot more interesting than, I mean, 
you've, you've seen people that are homeless and all of a sudden they have a piano sitting in front of them and they can be homeless for 20 years, but they'll know how to play the damn piano. And, and there's nothing different than this guy that he was on the streets from the late forties until 1972. And the guy can play a saxophone. That's going to change it. Right. But you wouldn't know that by looking at him. You just assume because he's homeless, he doesn't have a, he doesn't know anything or doesn't have anything. This guy can play and nobody knew it. And like I said, sometimes you see that and somebody will come up and just pick up something and just play and it's phenomenal. And you're like, what the hell are you doing on the streets? I'm like, you should be doing something different. But you know, th that's how they, they lived on the streets. And that's all they knew. So right, it, I think the backstory is really cool. I mean, I, I still give it a five and a half out of 10. I still like it. It was, it was fun. It was a fun listen. I will also say that this was fantastic. I mean, I'm like Jeff, I'm not the biggest into the jazz sound, but I have been trying to open up more and more to the orchestral full on styled music because I mean, obviously it's fantastic and there are so many cool things that are created from it. There's so much influence that is created from it. Um, and, and Moondog is no different. Uh, you can listen to songs like Paris, Bird's Lament, uh, Sandalwood. These, the flow to these songs, the flow to this whole album is fantastic. I would just love to sit down, close my eyes and just listen, just listen to the whole album and just fully experience it and embrace it because I feel like that will even turn this album up even better. Um, it's, it's a great album to get lost into. That would be very similar. Oh yeah. But I, I gave this one a seven. I think that there are some, really brilliant things that moondog does in his album and i want to go back and listen to it again i'm i'm just kind of curious on how you discovered moondog I mean, did somebody the parents did friends did uh, it was it was friends it was friends i had some well i mean uh, uh ryan from the band and another friend uh, nick who was also played with us a bunch um they were pretty big musical inspirations for me um and I believe this is one of them, one of the bands that I got through them. I mean, I spent, I don't spend a lot of time following modern music because for me, there's just so much music that's been done in the past that I don't know if I'll ever get through enough of that to get back to the present. So I keep awesome. digging backwards. Fair. Yeah. Sorry, do we, do we dare bring up the next one there, Yeah. Uh, dare we. Dare we. Uh, well, maybe maybe I can start off with the commercial album. Yeah, you want to you explain it? Not one. Although there are tracks on it, I I definitely love. Uh, 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 Moisture, Picnic Boy, uh, We Are Simple, uh, and there's there's uh, there's a lot of fantastic tracks on it. But I wouldn't expect anyone to just uh, fall in love with this because this is a concept album, par excellence, and it's in, it's in two stages. First of yeah. all, it's called the commercial album. And the idea was that they made like one minute long tracks. And I don't know if you read about it, but when they released this album, they actually bought time on a big San Francisco radio station mm -hmm. to play it as commercials, as commercials. But a sub uh, plot of it is that what you see in, uh, you could take Eric Church's album and it does it perfectly. Almost every pop song follows this formula of, you know, uh, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse. They do it three times. And it's a three-minute song. So like, hey, let's just do all that in one minute, and we'll save people so much time. It's so economical. Everyone's going to love it. So it's kind of tongue-in-cheek sarcastic. But uh, 
But yeah, I, I love it. I read somewhere that they're like, yeah, if you want to get a full experience of the album, you need to listen to each song three <laughs> times through. There, there is a YouTube uh, playlist that will do that for you. <laughs> it's it, I, I was just this one was very tough because <laughs> because it's just it's so like you said it yourself. This is a concept album, but it is so out there to the point of where I couldn't reel myself back in. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's fun, it's different. I think that artistically, it's great. Uh, for a music listening, sit down and listening to, I cannot do it. Like I, I had to stop, I think three times through, um, like, like once I had a good, like 10, 15 tracks. I'm like, I got to take a break. And then I got a good 20 track stretch. And then I had five left and I'm like, I can't, I need another, I need a breather. I'm only halfway through. Yeah. I need, I need, I need to go up for air. I need, I just can't do it. (laughs) So it's, it's fantastic. I think the artistic style to it is great reading about it very interesting uh the residents they're very strange people i think they're out of louisiana they are weird but that's i think that's about as much as we know about them officially too maybe their names have been released go ahead i say weird is nice yeah weird is putting it nicely yeah Uh, bryson yeah they, they make a point of not uh not being radio play friendly in, yeah. in another way, you know, not not like there's a bunch of swear words, but just mm-hmm. abrasive. Yeah. 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 Uh, it gives off of um, Monty Python if they only did acid. Um, <laughs> that was that was how I described this album. Is it had that Monty Python sound, but God, is it so much more weirder than that? Yeah. yeah you feel like it's kind of a joke, but you don't. You can't find the humor in it. <laughs> right. Thank you. I was trying to figure that out. <laughs> I mean, uh, this is this is one of the strangest. I, I'm I'm going to put this. This is the strangest album I have ever listened to, and I've listened oh, to some weird shit. <laughs> this is over the top. I'm like going, what the f? What the fuck am I listening to? I wasn't quite sure what I was going to. I mean, Matt kind of warned me. This is the funny part. This band has put out 50 plus albums. I think it's closer to 60 albums actually. Since 1972-ish. Yeah. But they only have 55,000 yep. monthly. That was a Warner Brothers album. But they only have 55,000 monthly listeners. Yet they have 60 plus albums or 60 albums. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> How can I mean, who's paying for this? I mean, oh well, oh man! I'll, I'll I'll let you know. You can say what you want about their music, but if you get a chance to see them live, and they play Minneapolis quite a bit, you get a chance to see them live. I say go to that because that's going to be an experience you probably won't forget. Uh, yeah, I'm just like I, I mean, through, throughout the whole group's existence, nobody knows who they are. They don't know anybody's names. Whether members have come and gone, they don't know. Nobody knows. They work anonymously. They. Um, they prefer to have the attention focused on their art and not themselves, which I'm okay with. Um, you know, a lot of the speculation and rumor is focused like the aspect of the group, not so much them, the people. Um, and, uh, and when they go into public, they're silent and costumed. So they don't know 
often what they, and their signature is their eyeball costumes and top hats and tails. I mean, it, the picture on this album cover is them to a T. <laughs> but yeah. it's just wow, is it out there? <laughs> I, I um, I think I like that. I did. I did start it, start to finish. Uh, I I did struggle. <laughs> I wasn't. I, the problem is, is that you started picking out songs, and I'm like going, I don't see. I don't remember that one. I don't remember that one. Oh, I, I've I listened to the commercial album off. many times. Again, I think you have to listen to it like more and more to you know maybe pick out certain songs to listen to and maybe skip around and maybe put it on a shuffle. Maybe that might help. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I recommend Shuffle. It's a random play ready album. Yeah, but it should. One of the things that's, that's strange when you when you want to talk about weird music is that all of that's just it. It's familiarity. You listen to this album seven times, you will start to get into the groove of it. You will notice. You will start to expect things, and it'll start to build sense in your it brain is, just it because it comes becomes familiar. Wow, it is. It is out there, man. It's like it came from another planet. That's how weird it is. Now, I got to ask this one, too. How did you figure out about the residents? Was that your friends again that kind of influenced that was, you? Yeah, that was definitely through through Ryan and Nick. Um, um, didn't you just listen to his band when he played? Didn't that sound a lot like them? Oh, yes. Oh, we were very inspired by residents. Uh-huh. Residents was a heavy one. Sun Ra was another one, which it was hard for me not to put an album of his on this list. Because he really, uh, that's another guy who had like a 60-year career and made 30-plus albums, all in jazz, but also spawning from the very, you know, most jazz standard music to about as out there as you can probably get with music. I give that credit to, to Sun Ra. Yeah, that's, he is from another planet. There you go. It's, it's just very, yeah, very, that was tough. Hmm? That one, that one, uh, yeah, I struggled. I will not lie. That one pushed me a little bit. But, but then again, it's something different, and it was very fun to listen to. It doesn't say I have to go listen to it again, because I probably won't. No. But but I can say that I actually listened to it. Right. And now, now we got a different, completely different style again. Now we're going on to our third different style. Oh, yeah. Mike Patton. Um, and, and his album, uh, The Mondo Kane. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Actually, Mondo Carne. Mondo Carne. It means dog's life in Italian. I know, I know. I, it was hard for me, too, because, like, why isn't there an R in there? <laughs> but it, it is Carne. Uh, so, so if you don't know, Mike Patton, uh, front man for Faith No More. Uh, he is very – I was reading about him just because, you know, I, I had to read about everybody because I was like, what in the hell am I listening to? Um, Quite eclectic. He can hit a bunch of different ranges and a bunch of different sounds, very impressively so. And six and you can, by the way, what'd you say? Six octaves is like yeah. vocal range is six. Oh octaves. yeah, it's I mean nuts. literally ranges he can hit is yeah. huge too. Yeah, and 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 so he did an album all about what Italian folk songs. It was. Um... He, he spent a significant portion of his life in Italy. I think he married an Italian woman, but he spent, I want to say, like three, five years in Italy learning the language, learning the music. And the, all the tracks from this album, uh, Mondo Carne, are basically pop songs from Italy in the 50s, 60s, maybe 40s too. But a lot of like, you know, pop standards. Yeah. 
What? In Italian. In, in Italian. Italian. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He he spent a lot of effort just trying to get the the language right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. Yeah, here. my pastor's another guy I respect a lot. Faith uh, no more. Faith no more. Come on, go into faith no more, please. Oh. <laughs> well, you guys know he did faith no more exclusively so he could also get a contract for his his, his favorite band at the time, uh, Mr. Bungle, which if you haven't listened to those, California was also really close to getting onto this list. But I went with the Italian one instead because it's I, I this is one on the list I love a lot. That's that's like a nine for me, this album. Yes. Yes. So he did Faith No More just to get Mr. Bungle looked at? It was it was part of the contract. They really wanted him to sing on this Faith No More band that they're that they're slapping together, Sony, I believe. And he's like, okay, well, I'll do it, but you're going to need to produce uh, three albums for this other band I have. And so he wasn't as excited about producing those albums. You'll, you'll hear why. Although I stand by California. That's also, I, that's a 10 in my book, California. <laughs> I mean, I like, I like Mike Patton's voice. I love Faith No More. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite all-time songs is off album of the year. So, no. uh, yeah, and so I like that, that in, yeah. I'm a Faith No More fan. I do have to say that Faith No More probably had a lot of help from MTV uh, because I don't think without I, with it, without them, I don't think they would have. Very iconic them. video, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it was fun. I again, something different. I could hear, I could hear the Faith No More in his voice, but he's singing in Italian. I'm like, oh, I don't understand any of it. Yeah. Uh, but it was fun. I mean, it, it was it was different. It's it's not my cup of tea again, but you know, he's I I'm surprised with the vocal range that he has that he was not more popular or wasn't put in the right situation to be ultra popular, ultra successful. And maybe yeah. he, I mean, in his mind, he probably is. However, I think that there would have been other bands that would have been just hell, he could have been better than Gary Sharon and Van Halen when Van Halen brought Gary Sharon in. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, that's, yeah, he's, he's amazing just for his uh, eclectic artistic tastes, but also just the talent he has as a singer. I mean, he's, I say he's probably one of the best singers alive pretty, pretty easily. I read that more times than not. One of the best vocal ranges ever. Yeah, that's that's good. Really stood out with that guy. So, all right, we got two more left. And and your biggest artist on your list, uh, Mr. Charles Mingus. Oh boy, uh, jazz aficionado uh, is what I would say. This man was able to play with so many massive people in the jazz scene. Uh, it, it, it's nuts. Like if you're looking back to see who he played with, it is disgustingly cool. He's played with Louis Armstrong. He played with um. Oh, fuck. Who's the... Why am I blanking on his name? He got kicked out of his band. Oh. Like, he was he was inspired... Duke Ellington. Duke Ellington. Oh. He got to play with Duke Ellington and personally got kicked out of Duke Ellington's band. Like, that's just impressive. And, and this man... Rip a bass. Wow. It's so good. I, I can see myself listening to this again with a glass of scotch or bourbon 
Yeah, recommended. <laughs> I would love to hear it on vinyl. So this album yeah. is the Black Saint and the Sinner Lady that we were talking about. Very fantastic. Fantastic. I usually throw this one out as, as as my favorite album of all time, and it's it's kind of hard for me to explain why because if you're explaining, you listen to it, it sounds like it's kind of repetitious, and I know it's supposed to be a dance. I don't know if it's ever been performed, or I'd love to see it if it was, um, but I don't know. It just hits a groove with me, and then it doesn't let me go until the album's done, and I usually put it on a second time after I've listened to it for the first time. Well, I, you know, the all three of the main, the first three tracks lead up into that final track. Yeah. I mean, it, it all leads up to that. And all it's, it, again, what you said earlier in the, in the podcast is storytelling. This album tells a story from start to finish. It's leading every, it's, you know, first set, second set, third set, and then the final set. And if you look at the, even the timing, it's like six minutes, six minutes, six minutes, 18 minutes for your track list. You know, so it's, it's not like it's, it, it, but it was one thing leading into the next, leading into the next, and then the finale, which was a combination of all of them. Boom. Right. So it was, it was a build up, build up, build up, bing, done. So it's fun. I mean, it's, it's anticipation. What's coming next? What am I going to hear? What, what should I, you know, what should I expect? And that was the fun part of the song. For sure. I, yeah. I, I don't know if I have enough words to describe how, how awesome it was. I listened to it at work and I kind of, there were times when I realized I was like, oh, I'm not doing any work. I'm just listening. I got to I gotta focus in again a little bit here. But like I was just drawn into the story that um, Charles was able to put out there. It, it It's just impressive. It really is. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have enough words to describe like how I liked it. I got to try to find this one. I mean, it's got to be out there on vinyl somewhere. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's not super popular, but it's popular enough that it might be a little bit more expensive, but it's got to be out there. It, it would be fun to listen to it on vinyl, for sure. It would be. And it yeah, is really love three home. pressings for $35. No. Oh, so they're even repressing it? That's even better. Because that means that, that means the originals are going to be more. Yeah, probably. Yuck. Yeah, I don't know. That's, yeah. Interesting. It, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. In, in yeah, I really life? like how he has, you know, Mingus is obviously jazz aficionado, as I said, he's, he's got all those jazz chops, but especially in his later career, he spent a lot of time bringing in uh, orchestral and, you know, classical music standards, I don't know, I don't know, but the way the themes are, are used and, and recycled and, and built up, yeah, he made some amazing work. He's another artist that was around for a long time. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah well i mean if you're playing with louis armstrong and duke ellington and then making it into the into the 70s or i think 80s i'm not sure when he died but uh, yeah that's quite a career it is it's nuts to see how <sighs> the, last, the last album you brought i gotta say that i really enjoyed this one i don't know why it struck a chord um really and then I, I, I kind of went back to look up the band. This was the only album they ever put out. Yeah. Well, Spotify has this album released in 2007. The album is Free Your Mind from a band called Amnesty. However, when I was listening to it, I said, this has got to be in the 70s. This is early 70s sound, but it was different 70s sound. 
and I was right. It was actually released in 73, but I don't think it was ever pressed commercially until maybe 2007. I'm not sure. You know, this, I would say, is a fusion of uh, jazz, soul, some R&B. You could throw in a little bit of disco. A little bit don't of forget the funk. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just, uh, you know, it, it was just, it was fun. It was, and every song had a little twist. Every song had a little twist. Every song was a little different than the other. Um, I, it, and I did read up on them a little bit on what what was ever on Wikipedia. Not that I say it's great, but um, you know they released a couple singles and then they had the full length album, and that was it. And they were done. Yeah. So it, it's a travesty that they didn't go on. Um, not sure what happened there, but you know things happen. You know, well, my understanding is that this was this is sort of a super group that was put together in the seventies, yeah. and um, they recorded it before they really figured out all the legality. So once it was recorded, it got in like the development hell and who gets what cut and who gets what credit to this for like forty years, and that's why it didn't get released until the twenty first century. But yeah, I mean, imagine what could have been if they would have had the two thousand seven. Yeah, I, th I think that's correct. Uh, I'm, was it 2012 oh. or seven? But it was, yeah, it wasn't until this century that it got released. Wow. And I don't know how many members are still around at this point. Oh, my but they, God. But they did amazing work. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, and so it was recorded in the 70s and released in 2007. Again, another one of those weird interests that we find that our guests bring on. That makes it really kind of cool. <laughs> it's like, I would have never thought of that. I mean, you listen to it all like going, why was this released in 2007? I mean, it does not fit at yeah. all, anything. I mean, it fits the 70s to it. Well, not to a T, but it fits the 70s very well. And I'm like, how is this? I mean, I, it's really cool that somebody in 2007 decided to record this, but now that now they know that story, that makes more sense. But I'm yeah. thinking that, wow, who recorded this in 2007? This is just makes me wonder how many albums have been caught in development or legal hell that we'll never get to hear. Right, we'll never get to hear. I'm sure there is more than we can even think of. Oh, I bet. Oh. Wow. It, it, it was. It was another album that was fun. Yeah, John. I knew that you always had the most eclectic taste though, of anybody that I've ever talked to. And, and, and you did not disappoint. I'm surprised that you didn't put in Flaming Moses. Derek's got a very eclectic taste, but John takes the cake. I'm surprised you didn't put in Flaming Moses. Oh, I see. See, yeah. I mean, my music tastes, of course, evolve a lot over your life. And a lot of the music, the, the weirder music I was into was more like 20s, early 30s, I guess, kind of stuff. Now I'm I'm really solidly in a, a funk soul and jazz groove, and I'm I'm excited to see some newer groups like like Flamingosis. Uh Fantastic! I love I love his mixes, and uh, makes YouTube a treat again. Yeah, John John always has this. Uh, it's, it's it's a YouTube video pulled up every single time you you go over. It's a different type of Flamingosis album. Or, I don't know what he does, and it's fun. It's cool to see. But, and it's good uh, to code to. It's good music yeah, to code to. Uh, the other band you should check out, uh, St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Mm -hmm. 
That is a great, like, southern jazz funk band. Yeah. I don't know. Jeff, I made Jeff listen to it once. I've seen him in concert. Uh, they were at the, the Fillmore, and I'm pretty sure that me and my other four friends were the youngest people there. But the best thing about it is that it was standing room only, and everybody was trying to push to the side so they could sit on the wall. It was <laughs> for, for a concert. It was great because you were the only people that really had to stand up. And I had, like, elbow room. I could, like, move my arms out, and I wouldn't hit anybody, and it was great. Nice. But that's another band that you should check out. How is that venue? I'm kind of curious about that. It's I mean, weird. the Fillmore has so much history. And then yeah, what's and it doing in, in Minneapolis? I don't know. I do uh, not. Fillmore is owned by uh, the people that own First Avenue. So. Ah. Okay. Makes more sense. That helps any. That ties some things together. Because Don used to live quietly, in Minneapolis, too. It's funny. Quietly, the owners of First Avenue have been buying up all these little theater venues in the city. Haven't made a much fuss about it until the the uh, uh, until COVID and all the requirements for vaccinations started to come about because it's all of a sudden is if you're going to go to this well we're following First Avenue's uh, vaccination policy we're following First Avenue's yeah. vaccination we're following for, why are you following First Avenue's oh because you're owned by First well, Avenue oh, we are First right so the state theater more. Um, I don't know. There's a couple. I think there's at least a half a dozen now that mm. they own, or at least manage or run. But for the most part, it's it's First Avenue behind it. Interesting. I didn't know that one. I just learned that probably within the last month or two. Huh. But yeah, they they own quite a bit, and I think they're, they're like I said, they're quietly either managing them or buying them or or both. A bit both. If if anything's out there, First Avenue is going to have their mix in. So, hmm. all right. Well, I guess that is all we have on this episode of Pause the Music. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook by searching Pause the Music Podcast. I will say thank you again, John. This was a blast. That's, you had fun. a great time. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, it, it was so fun to listen to some stuff, and I, I'm glad I got I was some. Actually, a little nervous for this one. I hate to tell you, but I was actually <laughs> a little nervous for this podcast. Well, okay, to be fair. I did. Uh, let me read the text exactly what I sent to Jeff here when I said, uh, heads up, this is a very weird week. And then I sent the five albums. <laughs> like that's, that's all of the context I gave him. And I'll, my one word response, one word response I got back was yikes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, it was, it was going to be a tough one, but it was, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. It was a fun well, week. I'm glad you, I'm glad you toughed it out. And uh, this is a deep well. Oh yeah, I, I could find more. We could do a resident <laughs> special. Oh, and, uh, no, yeah. no, I, treat. Don't, I don't think I can. I oh, mean, but by I the end of it, you'd be brainwashed into loving it. Your Mark of the Bowl might become your favorite album. I might but have. Then again, it, it was they might be giants would be have to be on that list to it for Matt's father. See that? Oh, yeah, that was that was my introduction to to weird music. Quote uh, in high school wasn't much of a music fan until I stumbled into They Might Be Giants, and then that that sent me on a trajectory. My father-in-law loves They Might Be Giants. Hey. Yep, so... And this yeah. is a, what, the album Lincoln? Was it Lincoln? Lincoln, yep. Yeah, it's, yeah. that or Apollo 18 is probably my favorite of theirs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All right, well, uh, well, I'm Matt. And I'm Jeff, and we're out of here. See you guys.